This episode of The Incubator is proudly sponsored by Kiesi. Um, I have one that I didn't get to review last time, so I'm going to start with that one. Um, this is in the New England Journal of Medicine, um, entitled Azithromycin to Prevent Sepsis or Death in Women Planning a Vaginal Birth. Um, lead author, uh, let's see, last name Tita. Um, and this is for the A-plus trial group. This is coming to us out of the University of Alabama, Birmingham. And so the question was... Published in the New England Journal of Medicine. Yes. That's what I said first. Did you say that? Oh, I missed yeah. it. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so so big, a big article, right? Yeah. Um, and the reason it's an important article is because um, there has been studies done on azithromycin reducing maternal infection in, um, in pregnancies for unplanned cesarean delivery, but it had not been well studied in planned vaginal delivery. So this question was, does an intrapartum oral dose of azithromycin reduce maternal and or offspring sepsis or death? Um, so an interesting uh, question. We know that preterm labor is frequently associated um, with atypical uh, colonization. So study design, it's a multi-country, double-blind, placebo-controlled, randomized trial. It was conducted at eight sites, eight sites in seven low to middle income countries uh, using the Global Network for Women and Children's Health, um, part of the NICHD. So um, uh, pregnant people were assigned, so in labor at 28 weeks gestation or more, and who are planning a vaginal delivery to receive um, either a two-gram oral dose of azithromycin or placebo. They used a one-to-one randomization schedule for azithromycin and placebo, and it was stratified according to site using block randomization. So the inclusion criteria, um, pregnant people who had been admitted to health facilities for spontaneous or induced vaginal delivery were eligible, and they included um, singletons and multiple gestations of at least 28 weeks with informed written consent. The exclusion criteria, so um, uh, pregnancies with known infection warranting the use of antibiotics, uh, arrhythmia, cardiomyopathy, allergy to azithromycin or other macrolide antibiotics, um, uh, planned cesarean delivery, because obviously they wanted to study the effects on vaginal delivery, advanced stages of labor, and any medical condition that was quote-unquote considered to be a contraindication by the site investigator. Oh, and I'll note, advanced labor was defined as complete cervical dilation or dilation of more than six centimeters. So ready to go, mm. basically. <laughs> so um, the primary outcomes uh, that they were looking at were a composite of maternal sepsis or death within six weeks after delivery, and a composite of stillbirth or neonatal, neonatal death or sepsis within four weeks. Maternal sepsis was defined according to the WHO criteria. I won't review those now. Um, neonatal sepsis was defined as a proven or possible serious bacterial infection on the basis of, again, the WHO criteria. But I'll mention severe chest indrawing, fever, hypothermia, no movement or movement only on stimulation, poor or no feeding, convulsions, pneumonia, or meningitis. So they had a list of secondary outcomes as well. Secondary maternal outcomes were um, uh, specific infections, including chorioamnionitis, endometritis, wound infections, abdominal or pelvic abscesses, mastitis, pneumonia, pyelonephritis, therapeutic use of antibiotics, duration of hospital stay, readmission, admission to a special care unit, 
unscheduled health care visits. The neonatal outcomes uh, that they looked at secondarily were, um, again, components of the primary outcome, other infections, duration of hospital stay, readmission, admission to a special care unit, unscheduled health uh, care visits, and uh, safety outcomes. So they had about 44,000 women who underwent screening um, and about 29,000 who underwent randomization. So they had 14,590 women. Uh, This included 14,687 neonates or or stillbirths, so deliveries, um, to the azithromycin group and 14,688 women, uh, which comprised 14,782 deliveries to the placebo group. Advanced labor and planned cesarean delivery were the most common reasons for exclusion. And the characteristics of the two groups were pretty similar at baseline. The majority of patients were enrolled in Asia, 55%. um, And at randomization, 18% had induced labor, about 9% were quote unquote high risk for infection. The groups are also pretty well balanced with respect to labor and delivery characteristics, frequencies of prophylactic antibiotic use. and cesarean delivery did vary according to site, uh, with interestingly higher occurrences. I guess it's not that interesting, not that surprising, with higher occurrences at non-African sites. So for the primary outcome, maternal sepsis or death um, occurred in 227 of the 14,526 patients, so 1.6% in the azithromycin group, and occurred in 344 of 14,637, or 2.4% in the placebo group. This is an adjust, adjusted relative risk of 0.67, so statistically significant. Maternal sepsis occurred in 1.5% in the azithromycin group, 2.3% in the placebo group, relative risk of 0.65. Death from sepsis occurred in less than 0.1% of the women in each group. Now, for the neonatal outcomes, uh, stillbirth or neonatal death or sepsis within four weeks after delivery occurred in 10.5% in the azithromycin group and in 10.3% in the placebo group. So relative risk of one, not not significantly different. Neonatal sepsis occurred in 9.8% in uh, the azithromycin group and uh, 9.6% in the placebo group, relative risk one, so not different. The findings in the subgroups were generally consistent with the overall results, with the exception that there appeared to be greater maternal benefit with the azithromycin use in Africa than in Asia. And then in um, regards to the secondary outcomes, endometritis occurred in 1.3% in the azithromycin group and in 2% in placebo relative risk of 0.66. Wound infections in 1.6 in the azithro, 2.2% in placebo relative risk 0.71. And other infections in 1% azithromycin, 1.5% of the placebo group, respectively. Um, overall, choriumnitis was rare in the two groups. Um, the other interesting results, since we're using a lot of azithromycin, pyloric stenosis was diagnosed in eight infants in the azithromycin group and in three in the placebo group. Wow. Yeah, interesting, right? So the stake, the takeaways are really that among um, planned vaginal deliveries, a single oral dose of azithromycin resulted in significantly lower risk of maternal sepsis or death than placebo, but had little effect on newborn sepsis or death. So this is consistent um, with the use of azithromycin in C-section deliveries. Hmm. hmm. 
I think it's especially interesting, you know, in, in, for example, where places where neonatal mortality is high, like in, in some of these regions in Africa that had, um, uh, an even bigger effect of azithromycin. I think this is a pretty important study. No, it's, I think it's a, yeah, yeah, no, I'm saying, I think it's a, I think it's a huge study. I do think it's a huge study. And I think, um, there are several things that I'm taking away. Number one, um, the, the mortality rates, it's interesting because in the discussion, they mentioned how their maternal mortality rates are low at baseline. Right. And, and it's, it's true in the placebo, I think it's 2.4%, but I think we should not shrug this off. Because in low and middle income countries, um, even I don't know if there's a number that's tolerable um, mm-hmm. because we know the importance of a mother in the household. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done a lot of work in done some work in global health and and losing a, a household that loses a mother is is a catastrophic. It's catastrophic for not only the household, for potentially the generations that are coming uh, after that. So I think any reduction in maternal mortality is very uh, well taken. They do mention the risk of obviously uh, starting antibiotics and the risk of resistance. But I do think that <clears throat> the it is worthwhile, especially since the issue of multi-drug resistant organism is really a first, I don't like the the term first world, but you know what I mean, like a developed world problem. Mm-hmm. And we can hopefully mitigate that. Now, what the, the question that's interesting is, um, obviously, the maternal mortality rates have been uh, in the news recently, especially in the That's US, right. because of how bad- That's what I was going to say. I mean, we are not without our own morta- maternal mortality, right? It's exactly the, right. The they're still, they're still, I mean, thankfully, they're lower than what the paper presents, mm-hmm. thankfully, uh, based on the resources that are available in the US, for example. But um, I think that's where it gets really interesting because it seems to me that if you can, um, I mean, in this case, they had about like, let's say 15,000 patients mm-hmm. in each group and they had a reduction by about a hundred a hundred less mm-hmm. deaths right or sepsis in terms of deaths from any cause um they had about two less deaths in in either groups um and then and then but anyway i think those numbers i mean if it were me i would want my my mm-hmm. significant other to get azithromycin but it becomes an interesting question as to whether this will permeate into practice in developed country. I don't know what your your thoughts are on that because we've been talking about azithro That's in right. the context of urea plasma and all that stuff. Um, so, I mean, and it's interesting that it had no if not no real effect on the neonates because there's a big discussion about should empangent also include or mm-hmm. yeah, include azithro. I think we're I think we're going to keep learning more and more about atypicals and their role on for mm-hmm. example, preterm labor. So, um I think we will move in that direction, but we will review those papers when they, as they come out. As they come out, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. It's such a it's fodder mm-hmm. for discussion, for sure. Mm-hmm. This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care professional. Thank you.